the gods of Mount Olympus, battles against giant scorpions, Medusa, and the Kraken, a half-man, half-god set out on the adventure of a lifetime. All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Clash of the Titans on this episode of Retro vs. I'm Dan Bulick. I'm Reggie Parker. And welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. Uh, the podcast where we discuss films and their remakes. So join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's episode is Clash of the Titans. So the original Clash of the Titans made in 1981, starring Harry Hamlin, Lawrence Olivier, Judy Bowker, Burgess Meredith, and Maggie Smith. Directed by Desmond Davis. Screenplay by Beverly Cross. It should be noted that he also wrote Jason and the Argonauts, a very similar style movie with um, the same Harryhausen special effects. So, little note there. Music by Lawrence Rosenthal. Clash of the Titans 2010, starring Sam Worthington, Liam Neeson, Gemma Adderton, Mads Mikkelsen, and Rafe Fiennes, and lots and lots of more and many minor roles that we probably will get into. Directed by... Louis Leterrier, who you might know from The Transporters 1 and 2, and The Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton one, the unspoken MCU movie. Screenplay by Travis Beecham, Philip Hay, and Matt and Freddy. Music by Raman Jawadi, who you might recognize from Game of Thrones. And speaking of Game of Thrones, there's uh, four Game of Thrones alums in here. They're the other actors that we might talk about later. Both of these movies are loose adaptations of Greek mythology. Okay, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? Yeah, my first experience is pretty much films like it, <laughs> not necessarily the films that we, we saw. I've never seen um, Clash of the Titans. When we did pick Clash of the Titans for a moment, I thought we were watching Immortals. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was not Immortals at all. It was Clash of the Titans, so... Here we are. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I actually had seen the remake of Clash of the Titans when it, not when it came out, but I guess when it was available on Netflix DVD. I remember renting it. Don't remember watching it too much. I think it was one of those background movies while I did other stuff. Don't really remember too much about it. And I had never seen the original before until this. All right. Well, there's a lot of differences here, even though it's the same source material pretty much. But before that, let's do a brief synopsis. It is the time of ancient Greek mythology, and King Acrisius has sentenced Danaea and her son, Perseus, to death at sea. They are sentenced to death because Acrisius has angered that Perseus' father is the king of gods, Zeus. Acrisius is punished for his actions, and Danaea's son, Perseus, survives and grows into adulthood. Meanwhile, Queen Cassiopeia declares her daughter Andromeda is more beautiful than any of the gods. This declaration angers the deities. The gods tell the people that Andromeda must be sacrificed in a certain number of days or be destroyed by the Kraken. Perseus sees this unfold and decides that he will kill the Kraken. Accompanied by guards and the aid of Zeus, Perseus travels to the Stygian witches to learn how to defeat the giant monster. As they travel, a deformed man named Calibus follows Perseus for revenge. He will be the reason Perseus and his men have to fight giant scorpions. Eventually, Perseus and his men reach the Stygian witches. After a small conflict, they reveal that the Gorgon Medusa can turn anyone who looks upon its eyes to stone, even the Kraken. 
Perseus and his men then travel to Medusa's lair to get her head. The battle against Medusa takes its toll and almost wipes out all of Perseus's men. Perseus chops off Medusa's head by using the reflection in his shield to see the Gorgon. Afterwards, Calibus kills the remaining troops, but Perseus is able to defeat him. Perseus then hastily flies back to the doomed city on Pegasus, as it is the day that the Kraken will attack. The people of the city have Andromeda tied up and ready to be sacrificed. It seems like she will be taken by the monster, but at the last minute, Perseus shows up, uses the Medusa head, and turns the Kraken into stone. Perseus is now a hero whose tale will be spread throughout the ages, and both movies end in their respected ways. Okay, a lot of similarities there. I was able to use all the names, pretty much, yeah. um, but there are a lot of major differences, too. Where do you want to start? You know, I, I know we, we talked about a little bit in the synopsis, but we should give uh, a little bit of backdrop to the film. This is just one of your classic sword and sandals uh, epics. There's a lot of movies like Clash of the Titans, but I guess um, the effects were probably a big part of the film. Just wanted to throw that out there before diving in. Yeah, I was surprised uh, it was made in 1981. Like, I had seen Jason and the Argonauts, which I had mentioned when I was talking about the screenplay writer, and that came out in the 60s, so I thought this was also, like, a 60s movie, and then it was, like, 1981. I was like, oh, they're still using those effects in 1981. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I was a little surprised by how late this one was made. Yeah, I'm assuming that part of this was kind of like an homage to those types of films. Like, I think they may have shot in this style to replicate that, or I don't know any other excuse for <laughs> what we were uh, what we were seeing <laughs> okay so i think a good place to start maybe is perseus himself our hero okay there's a lot of uh, differences there so i'll just start with i guess his mother Danaea. in the original he's the daughter of king acretius and in the remake she's the wife of king acretius um i don't know if that really affects the story too much i guess it does we'll get into that when we talk about calibus so there's differences there also big part is the motive of perseus why he takes on this journey in the original it's because of love he sees the princess andromeda and he falls in love with her immediately and then he proceeds to have to save her not once but twice once from calibus and then once again from the kraken and then the remake it's more of a revenge driven plot where uh Perseus's adopted family is murdered by the gods, and Perseus wants revenge. No, he screams into the heavens and cries no, which is yeah, not cliche at all. <laughs> it makes the films very different. One of my sort of key disappointments in the the remake is because of his motivation, we get less cool swag. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. the original film. Perseus gets three different gifts, as they were, from the gods. He gets a talking shield, he gets a super cool sword, and a helmet that makes him invisible. And they do the footprint effect nonstop in that film. <laughs> oh, they use that. They use it a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. For an epic film like that, you kind of want to see the epic gear. Like, it, it's part of the hero's journey. And um, in the remake, because he, he doesn't want any handouts from the gods, Zeus is his father in both films, but he really hates Zeus in the remake. For the most part. And he gets all this cool shit. And he's just like, nah. I'm not going to use it. I hate you, dad. I'll do it on my own, dad. I don't need your help. Yeah. So you can take your magic sword and stuff it. Which <laughs> kind of, in this in that scenario, it kind of weakens Perseus for me in, in the remake. Because he insists on doing everything as a man. You know, while that's honorable, it's really boring. Yeah, I agree. You know, we have our actors, Sam Worthington, playing him in the remake. And... 
Harry Hamlin in the original. Sam Worthington is just not a really captivating lead. He doesn't have a lot of charisma. He's just kind of brooding and upset, pissy the whole time. It's it's not really a fun guy to follow around, right? And Harry Hamlin's not necessarily, like, great. Like, he's kind of pompous, and I, I'm not necessarily drawn to that either. He's kind of like an arrogant ass. And he's just like, I'm doing everything and I'll do it all right. But, like, it's more fun to follow that, I guess, than just this, well, I hate everybody, I hate the gods, you know, life sucks. It, it's, yeah. it's, come on, man. Come on, have a little fun with this. Yeah, I felt like Harry Hamlin, Um, you know, at the beginning, he just kind of, he kind of looks like a doofus, to be honest. Like, he doesn't seem that capable, which also made me feel like it was an older film than it was. For like an 80s lead, he just didn't, I don't know, he didn't seem tough at all, really. But by the by the time his journey carried on, by then I was way more behind that version of Perseus. Just because he was doing the epic things that, you know, we kind of come to expect from a hero. Sam Worthington, you're right, there's just something off about him. He's, he's a really flat lead. And because of his motivation, there's like a line when the characters is like, oh, you keep getting my men killed with your arrogance. It feels like the deaths that are happening are avoidable if he would just embrace the fact that he's superhuman. But he just refuses to, and, like, people die along the way because he refuses to, like, make the effort. And I felt like it made him less heroic in my eyes than um, the Harry Hamlin version, which is, you know, very generic and goofy, but heroic. That's a good point. I mean, he's definitely more heroic in the original because... He's doing it, he's kind of doing it for love, right? He has to save the, this woman that he, you know, it's kind of a weak, I, I saw her once and I fell in yeah. love with her immediately. You know, it's a little weak, but you, you can buy that. It's okay, cool. I get it. He needs to save her, save the city that she's from. And then the remake, it's completely selfish, revenge-driven. I need to avenge my family, avenge, avenge, avenge. It's like all in his mind the whole time. It's not really, it's not a heroic quality to have just be driven by revenge the whole time. By the end, it's hard to figure out exactly why he needs to save the city because his motivations he needs to just kill the gods he wants to kill the god that killed his family he doesn't need to save the city he doesn't have any attachment to the city unlike the original perseus whose future wife is like the princess there it's definitely not as heroic that's a great point yeah he in both situations you know he's a he's a stranger to to that land He's not really um, really from Argos. So you're, you're right. Like his motivation to save the city itself is is not there. Like there's no real reason for him to go back and stop the Kraken or really do anything other than to spite one of the gods. But, <laughs> but not even really like kill the god that killed his family. He's just going to kill the monster that like kind of works for the god. You know, it's not really yeah. he's not really getting his revenge even at the end. No. So, yeah, his motive, he never reaches his goal. Unlike the original, who, yeah, he, he is able to save not only the princess, but everybody in the city. Yeah, and, and, you know, by the end, because his allegiances, you know, he doesn't like his dad for the most part. But he, he's helping him, you know? Like, it, it, it's weird. Like, why is he... I guess Hades is that bad of a guy that he wants to stop him, but that's really not well-defined. You're right. It seems like the, the heroic actions are just there for the sake of being there because the story falls off based on his motivation. Yeah, it's like that we we're only doing this because they did it in the original. You don't get the reason why he feels like he needs to save the city. It's not yeah. It's not right in front of you, pretty much, I guess. Yeah. At a certain point, you're kind of wondering why go through all the trouble of doing this in the first place. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe maybe I missed something, but it just felt like I, I don't I didn't get Sam Worthington's uh motivation. Another thing I didn't like, and this might be nitpicking, I just didn't like his look. 
Sam Worthington. He just had the shaved head, and it's like everybody else had like this elaborate like hair that was like weirdly braided or this like trippy facial hair or something. But he had nothing. Clean shaved, shaved head. It's like he showed up and was just like, no, I don't want any makeup or any hair. I'm just gonna do this and it's look good, right? Like he doesn't look like he fits in with the time. You're making a good point. I alluded to it earlier, but like this is a sword and sandals adventure, and we we've done thousands of them. This is around the time of 300, around the time we're making Troy. Actors in those movies are like growing out their facial hair or have like flowing locks. And like there's a there's an epic quality to the look that's just missing here. He's Like you say, he's got this buzz cut. He's not even like the most interesting character to look at in the group he's in, you yeah. know? He's like wearing so. a t-shirt sometimes. It's like, dude, <laughs> do they have yeah. anything for this guy to wear? To, to the point where there are other characters, one who have better motivation, that actually come off as more epic and heroic than our lead character, which is a, a problem. I guess that's all I have to say about Perseus. So I, just, I don't particularly like either Perseus. There's definitely parts that irk me with both of them, but I have to give it to the original um, just because his motivations make a little more sense. And uh, yeah. I guess I just like his character a little bit more. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's, a, it's still pretty close, but you know, when it comes to getting the job done, of getting me as an audience behind you, yeah, the original does a much better job, so I'm giving the edge to uh, the Henry Hamlin version. Yeah. So we have the character of Calavus, who's actually not an ancient a Greek character, not from of Greek origin. He's actually a Shakespeare character that was just brought in. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah, there is uh, that. In the original, he is the, I guess you could say, the ex-fiancé of Andromeda, and he's the son of the goddess Thetis. Yes. And, but he is deformed by Zeus because he was killing too many of the winged horses. We'll just say he was killing all the Pegasus. I don't know. And uh, so Zeus wanted to punish him. And then he became deformed and became evil. And then in the remake, Calibus is Perseus's father. So he was the husband of Danaea and he's mad because he was in a battle with the gods and Zeus doesn't want to fight so what does he do he sneaks in disguises himself as the king and bangs the guy's wife who's his enemy I mean that's that's cold-blooded Zeus super cold-blooded and both films get into some of the many um bad traits of the gods but uh yeah here's a clear example Zeus just like egregiously um, <laughs> pretending to be a guy sleeping with his wife and then um, creating a demigod out of that scenario, which really makes Acrisius, uh he's pissed. Yeah, I guess rightfully so, but I don't know. But he didn't have to kill his wife for it, but he did it. He doesn't get transformed into a creature like he does in the original, but he gets struck by lightning and that kind of just deforms his body. In the original, he kind of has like, I don't know, like a tribe or something, but he has like a clan. He's like on his own kind of throne that he sits on. And in the remake, he doesn't have any followers. He's just kind of a loner, just brooding, just like his right. son Perseus, just brooding. They both want revenge against Zeus and uh, Perseus. Well, no. In the original, he doesn't want revenge against Zeus. He just wants revenge against Perseus. In the remake, he wants revenge against Zeus yeah. and Perseus. But I mean, you know, in the original film, he doesn't really have a concept of Perseus until, you know, they interact in the swamp and Perseus, you know, stealing his secrets, more or less. We'll get more into that. Thetis is actually a little bit more of like the driving anger, like the person looking for revenge because she feels like Zeus's son is getting better treatment than her son, Calibus. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the revenge does 
come, but it's not like originally he's even really aware of Perseus, but no. by, by the end of it, they become true rivals. Yeah, he learns about Perseus because it's kind of weird. I I don't exactly understand what he's doing in the original because um, he used to be engaged to Andromeda, but then he became ugly and deformed and she didn't want to marry him. Instead of kidnapping her, he would send this giant vulture with a cage and kidnap yeah. her spirit. It was weird because uh, there was a bunch of men trying to marry Andromeda because she is beautiful. and But in order for them to marry her, they have to answer a riddle. And if they don't answer the riddle, then they get burned alive. And right. Calibus is the one feeding her these riddles uh, yeah. night after night. But he has to bring her soul to his lair, give her the riddle, and then sends her soul back. I did not understand that. Why yeah, not I just kidnap her? Yeah, I don't know. I think um, what I what I do, I guess, like about that element, it is over the top, but it sort of embraces its uh, mythological elements. It's completely arbitrary and pointless but it is um supernatural to have like a giant vulture pick up a cage with the spirit of somebody so that they dream up these riddles every night it it is loosely defined i agree yeah if you want that. she kind of yeah it's sort of like a dream for her because she doesn't exactly memorize it but she's able to memorize the riddles for the right. uh, suitors so um, while he's doing this, Perseus sneaks in with his invisibility helmet and he sees that she's being taken away. So he's right. able to go to Calibus's lair and uh, cut off one of his hands and he's able to solve the riddle and able to marry right. Andromeda. And that's what that's when the revenge plot for Calibus that's starts when the revenge in the because, original. you know, he, he's slighted by Perseus. Um, he loses a hand. Um, he's, you know, he's tricked. Um, I I. As ridiculous and over the top as the whole dream thing or sequence is, it's very helpful for me in terms of the movie being an epic, as it were, because you have this you have this challenge, which is the riddle, which I think is a very nice touch. It's ridiculous and long and stupid as the riddle is. <laughs> um, it, at least there is one. Like there's a challenge that's presented. There's a, a supernatural element to it. He has to use the tools of the gods to solve this, and he needs these tools to meet the villain, as it were. And I think that it's very helpful to have um, these types of challenges along the way in your journey that are actually built into the story, as opposed to just like stumbling upon random things. Like, I don't know, th this is just another chance for Perseus to be heroic because he has to. He has to do something a little dangerous to um, get what he wants, and I think I think it's a nice touch there. Yeah, he because this isn't even like what the movie's entirely about. Like this is sort of like an introduction to his heroism. So you get you get a little taste of it. He gets a little taste of it because he's never really done anything um, heroic in his life up to that point. He's been sort of right. living on that one island, and then this is the first time. Yeah, you're right that he's able to do something heroic. Um, Albeit sort of a selfish thing because he's doing it for because he wants a woman. So, but yeah, um, you know, he's still heroic. Fought the villain and uh, was able to save her. So it was noble. Mm -hmm. it, you know, um, when I was watching this sequence, because you, like you just said, is it is an intro sort of to his heroism. You could kind of go full stop on a movie right there. You know, like yeah, 
Wait. He got the girl, you know, he, he got the girl, they got married and I was like, we're at the one hour mark. This could, this could be it. This could be the end of the movie right yeah. here. Yeah. And, um, I'm sitting there. I was thinking the same thing. I checked the time on it. Cause I was like, wow, that, that went quick. <laughs> um, and I'm realizing there's like a whole nother hour left in the movie. And I'm like, wow, where do they go from here? And then it, everything just ramps up, which is a very nice touch that you, you're thinking, okay, he, we've had a heroic arc right here but then as soon as he gets what he's going after um the goal being andromeda he's presented with another even more ridiculous challenge which is like in 30 days uh the kraken's coming for her and um you know be ready because we're sacrificing andromeda um because andromeda's mother basically pissed off uh thetis yeah it's i know we're getting a little off topic but it is cool because yeah you think a typical movie would end there but instead, mm-hmm. they kind of just they say, no, it's not over. We actually got more stuff that he has to do. So I, I actually liked that in the original, yeah. that it it didn't just do the typical, okay, they're all happily married and the end lived happily ever after. They didn't get to live happily ever after. He had to do even more heroic things uh, to be with her. So I thought that was pretty cool. But getting back yeah. to Calibus, that's kind of what he's doing He in the original. He wants this Andromeda. He can't get her. Then he has to tell the answer to the riddle. Yeah, he by being able to eavesdrop, he's able to figure out Calibus's um riddle. And and I really do like that this scene for Calibus as well, because even though he is the bad guy, it sort of humanizes him as well. Mm-hmm. Um he does have like a Shakespearean type uh, monologue that he goes on and you can see that he's sad that Andromeda really doesn't want to be with him. So well you, you know, he's a he's a bad guy, but there's a reason for his uh, badness and it makes it gives him like a human element, even though he's become a monster. The character is much more fleshed out, in my opinion, um, in in this movie. Yeah. And, and I think I'm going to say it's live. As over the top and ridiculous as it is, it, it it works. Yeah, I think he is more sympathetic. Even though he, they did say in passing that, oh, he killed all these Pegasus. You never see it. So what mm-hmm. you do see is, um, you know, this, this kind of broken down man who's, who's all alone because the way he looks and... That woman doesn't want to be with him, and he wants to be with her. So you do feel sympathy for him. In the remake, yeah, you don't really spend so much time with him. You do feel bad for him a little bit. You know, Zeus did come in and sleep with his wife. But then right. after that, you don't really get much time with the character. It's, it's immediately thrown into that revenge plot. Once he's on that quest for revenge, his, his character doesn't really grow. Doesn't, doesn't. You, don't, you don't get anything from it. The original Calibus is cursed, still holds some bit of his humanity. He's doing a bad thing with the whole riddles and burning people alive element, but like you understand his motivation because he doesn't want anyone else to be with Andromeda, so he's concocted this kind of like screwed up plan to stop other people from marrying her. It's it's a cyclical thing. It's tragic. I think it works. And then in the remake, I, you're right. I don't know much more about him other than the original reason why he's pissed. It's kind of 50-50, but I think the remake does a better job of making him look very strong. Like, he, he gets um infused with powers from Hades. He's able to take out a bunch of dudes. It takes, like, magic swords to stop him. So he's a more imposing and scary figure, I guess, in the remake. Just being tough doesn't make you a good villain. You just get so little from him that it's hard yeah. to, <laughs> to kind of analyze him. I mean, he's, he's there pretty much just for the action sequences, right? He's there just for the 
one sequence before the scorpions and then he's there again um after the medusa head in the remake he doesn't really do too much yeah yeah he becomes less of a character more of like a plot device really something to be stopped i guess all right he's in the way we gotta get rid of him he doesn't do much for the film i don't think in the remake yeah i just i don't even feel there's much of a reason for him to be there in the remake which uh which is kind of surprising given how important he is to the original film. Well, it might be one of those instances again where it's like, well, he was in the original. We have to have him in the remake. But yeah, I guess just because the original, you're with him more, you could feel more for his plight. I got to give it to the original again for the Calvus. Yeah. yeah. I agree. We, 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 we sort of mentioned a couple of gods there talking about Calvus. They're very different gods. So let, let's get into that. So in the original, we have the god Thetis, and then the remake we have Hades, and both of these gods are sort of using Calibus for their own goals. Thetis is the mother of Calibus, and uh, Hades just knows Calibus in the remake. Okay, so Thetis versus Hades. Which god do you like? I, I like Thetis in the original, kind of along the lines of what you were saying, because she's got she's got some skin in the game, as opposed to like, Hades has his own sort of motivation, but Thetis, it's her son. You know, she feels like Zeus's son is getting all this preferential treatment, and her son's out there getting cursed. She thinks it's a pretty raw deal. And the actress Maggie Smith, you, you know, she she does a very good job of being a villain. <laughs> she's um, she delivers her lines very well. Um, I like the scene where she's kind of like talking about trying to like one up Zeus. They're like kind of walking in Olympus and uh. She talks about turning into something else, like so he turns into a a cuttlefish, and I turns into a shark. <laughs> like you get you get some really fun scenes from her there. Where um this this remake, would you say? I don't know. Does it almost feel like Shakespearean too? Doesn't it feel like a little over the top with uh the gods in this remake? Yeah, it definitely feels way over the top. A little too on the nose, especially with the performance of Hades, I thought. It's like, you got Thetis in the original, and she's, she's supposedly the villain, but she's she played very subtly. You don't th- look at her right away and go, oh, that's a villain. You know, there's no, she doesn't look any different than the other gods. There's no ominous music that plays. She doesn't talk a weird way. But with mm-hmm. the remake, you get all of that. You get Ray Fiennes, like, hunched over, look dressed in, like, dirty black clothes, just speaking really creepy. You look at him, you hear him talk in one second, you're like, yep, that's a villain. It's very on the nose. It, <laughs> no subtlety at all. I kind of like that the villain in the original isn't just, like, Hades. It's another guy, and they're all kind of vying for their their space. And in that movie, Zeus kind of comes off as more, more of a bully because he's kind of pushing everybody around and she's just kind of pushing back a little bit so her motivation makes sense with her son her motivation makes sense they're like hey i'm a god too you can't just tell me what to do her interactions with the humans is a little bit more powerful because she gets mad directly when she feels like she's being slighted so when they said andromeda is more beautiful than any of the gods she took that as a personal offense because it was happening in her own temple it makes it made that villain a lot more powerful in my opinion to see these different motivations uh, throughout the film. Ray finds, I mean, he's, he's doing it. You know, he's, he's a villain. He's doing a really good job. And the movie, which I think kind of gets us in the weeds, the movie starts playing with the idea that Zeus is getting weaker because people aren't praying to him. Hades is getting stronger because people are afraid of him. So that dichotomy just fell a little flat for me. 
Yeah, yeah, there's this there's this subplot that Hades wants to overthrow Zeus because Zeus apparently tricked him when they were fighting the Titans, and I just felt that whole plot was unnecessary. Yeah. I, I, we should have just paid more attention to Perseus and just, you know, put a little more into that story, and instead you got this whole subplot where Hades wants revenge, and it's like, I get, you'll hear me say this a lot, but like the remake, there's a lot of revenge going on yeah. in the remake. You know, Perseus wants revenge, now Hades runs revenge against Zeus. It's a subplot that isn't really explained fully. Like you had mentioned, like Hades is getting stronger, Zeus is getting weaker. They never really go into exactly how Hades is getting stronger. It's just told to you, Hades is getting stronger. Well, how? How is he getting stronger? Um, they never explain it. And then even when Hades is defeated, oh, don't he? He might grow stronger again. It's like wow, how? I don't understand why you don't explain these things. If you're not explaining these things, don't talk about them. Yeah, it's the idea so- that, like fear itself is. What makes them stronger? I, I, I don't know. It just especially with them being gods, it seems like they're really focused on like one area. It's like is everybody everywhere not like praying to the gods anymore, or is it specifically this town, the, the city? It starts getting into that weird thing where you have to start thinking about stuff that like really doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think it's just too much. Yeah, because like okay, Hades is mad so now he wants revenge and he has to overthrow him. Does does he really need to? Because you have Thetis here; she's kind of pissed at Zeus. But she's mm-hmm. not like I need to overthrow him, you know. It's like I know my role, I know where I am. I could I could push back a little bit, but I'm not gonna just right. start this huge uprising here. There's order of the gods. But um just getting back to Thetis, I think another thing the original does is like you feel more for her plight than you do for Hades because yeah, it is her son. It's it's unfair how <laughs> Zeus is treating her son. Um because if it was Zeus's son, she even says this, if it was Perseus who did this, he wouldn't do this. He would let him live and thrive, but no, because it's my son, he has to be punished. So it's like, man, that that is shitty of Zeus. I thought that was a nice quality of her, hers to have. That's like this kind of scorned mother. It's like I want to protect my son, and it also like plays into Zeus well too. Like he is pretty petty when it comes down to yeah. it. This all-powerful god is very selfish uh, in the end. But then you have Hades, who's like just like I just want revenge. And again, they, they don't really go into it too much. You just hear a little bit of it, and. Once you hear about the revenge, they don't try to give you any more. They don't try to get you on his side with like any sympathy, especially by making him look like and act like that. It's, uh. Yeah, that I think that's that's a key point here that this is not a sympath- sympathetic villain at all. This is just like an evil guy, mm-hmm. and I find that when you do that in films and stuff like that, it's just it falls flat more often than not because um, you usually want some nuance and subtlety to your villains yeah. uh, for for people to understand where they're coming from, um, even though they're they're bad guys. You want there to be sort of a tension with, how do I feel about my protagonist? How do I feel about the order of the universe? Um, I will say this, too. What I like about um, Maggie's uh, Thetis is um, in a movie where there is not a lot of opportunities for um, women to do much of anything in the film, um, she's she's holding her own. She's like one of the big time players in this film. Um, and you sort of take that away from any of the characters in the remake. There's not really an overly strong female character. I guess it'd be uh, Io. Io. Yeah. I, you know, I guess, but she she doesn't have the same sort of sway that you get from Theta. So I think it's it's actually really powerful villain portrayal to have this woman kind of going around and uh, pushing back against uh, the king of the gods. It's, yeah. It's an interesting dynamic. That's a good point. 
again, I'm just going to have to give points to the original. You made a more sympathetic villain, yeah. a more subtle villain, one that's not obviously evil. You know, they say a, a villain or a bad guy doesn't know that they're bad, right? But I feel yeah. like the Ray Fiennes is just too on the nose <laughs> with that. Yeah, Maggie Smith's Thetis. Give her the points for that. So, Zeus in the original is a dude that sometimes sits in front of a blue lights. <laughs> That's how you know it's important. There's like a like a halo of lights behind him. I think he got and it I, at Spencer's, man. Yeah. Spencer Gifts. And he sit, he sits big. This is where the remake starts starts punching back, Dan. Um, <laughs> shiny Liam Neeson. Let's talk about it. Um, with enough gloss and uh, shine on him to make any J.J. Abrams movie bashful. <laughs> it's an insane amount of... Uh, I think the armor is made out of lens flare. <laughs> I guess in both films you get a bit of this, but I do like that it feels almost more like a play when you're in these these scenes, like with the Zeus and the gods talking. I, I like that it's over the top, maybe a little too over the top of the remake, like you said, with, like the Ray Fiennes character. I thought that that was fun element to it i i feel like zeus is a jerk but i think he's more of a dick in the original yeah that's what i would say i would agree with that yeah you know he's like oh what is that your like favorite owl like ever is you're all seeing owl hey give that to my son (laughs) it's like he might as well be like just eating like a sandwich or something while he's living these lines hey and also you over there do some other thing for uh for my (laughs) he's so hateable in my opinion, he's the villain of the film, but, you know, because he's the boss, he can't be the villain. Yeah, I would say he's more selfish, like I had said before. If you just go back to Thetis and Calibus, the way he treated Calibus, and mm-hmm. even though Thetis is pleading, he's like, I don't care. He was he did this. He pissed me off. So he suffers. And then this guy slept. He killed the woman that I loved. So he suffers. It's like, I do what I want. He's like, I don't care what you say. <laughs> Zeus in the remake seems like he might listen. There's an element where... He doesn't want his son to die. And there's like, there's actually some scenes that sort of humanize um, Liam Neeson Zeus. Like he's pleading with uh, Perseus to become one of the gods. He really ultimately just wants him to be included because it, it is his offspring. Even though he's an all powerful jerk, he has a kind of human motivation to him. Other guys, he still seems to have some sort of connection with humanity as he built him. And I think that that's where a lot of his motivation is. Where the original film, he doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. <laughs> no, he's very uh, full of wrath and a vengeful Zeus in the original. And yeah. like you said, in the remake, he loves humans. He loves humanity. We had said that in that one battle against Cretius in the beginning, he wouldn't actually take part in that battle because he loved humanity so much. Him sleeping with Cretius' wife is sort of his non-violent way <laughs> of uh, intervening in that battle. He just loved the humans, but I guess... You know, he just gave in to the other gods when he's like, all right, you want the Kraken? Fine, we'll do the Kraken. Yeah. But it was never his idea to unleash the Kraken. In the original, it's all Zeus. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. we're doing the Kraken to this city of Argos right in the beginning because they killed the woman I loved. And then yeah. uh, it's more Thetis, I guess, later that's like, you got to do the Kraken again. Come on. But he's just a very angry dude <laughs> in the original. Thetis is really trying to rationalize things with him at the beginning. He's like, hey, look, this guy, Acrisius, he builds a lot of temples to the gods. He's always praying and stuff like that. Hey, well, you're going to let this uh, this little baby murder thing slide or not? <laughs> you know? 
and he, yeah, he's not really reasonable. He's like, I don't care about the millions of good things he's done. He did one bad thing, and I'm going right. to focus on that forever. It's like, right. damn, man, come on. This guy's not completely terrible, and you're just yeah. going to punish him and everybody that lives there because he did one thing that pissed you off. I mean, right. that, that's kind of what I like about that, Zeus, that he's so petty. It doesn't right. matter. Like, he's such a child in some ways, which is an interesting take on, like, the king of the gods. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it puts him in a space where... um he he's truly in charge just because he's the toughest doesn't make him right for instance if that had been calibus in that that scene getting him tossed into the sea he would have let it slide yeah. he's like hey <laughs> this guy's pretty nice he's cool <laughs> but it's it's his son so you know as petty as he is he he is completely self-interested i guess we can understand a lot of his motivations from that perspective not a great dude not a great dude liam neeson also not a great dude, but a better dude. Yeah, I guess not as impulsive and vengeful as uh, yeah. the original Zeus. The only thing I didn't understand, maybe you can help me explain this, in the remake, when Zeus finds out that Perseus is his son, his initial reaction is, well, well he's never prayed to me, I don't care about him. But then he turns around pretty quickly and wants yeah. to help Perseus. They never really explain, I don't know if maybe it was a deleted scene or maybe it was just something I missed. Do you know exactly why he sort of pulled a 180 there I, and decided to help yeah, him? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not really sure why there was a turnaround. It, yeah, it makes the rest of it, and this is, I think, the problem that the remake runs into, where I think it's trying to do things to be the remake of the original film that actually doesn't help its own plot. Yeah, Zeus is like, hey, this guy is like spiteful. He doesn't care about me. He's never prayed to me. I don't care about him. That motivation would have sort of made sense throughout the film and actually could have been an interesting foil. Yeah, because it would have played nicely against the Zeus in the original who was like all about Perseus, loved Perseus, and now you have the Zeus that hates Perseus. I thought that would have been an interesting dynamic to see the difference from the original, but they didn't didn't go there. That would have been a cool dynamic. You know what I think would have made that interesting? If they would have had like, like a Thetis character in that film that's like secretly helping Perseus. You yeah, know, I think that may it may have been like a more interesting way to do that to have like Zeus being completely manipulated by Hades and have like another god that's like more reasonable that's trying to help the demigod save the day from everyone. Yeah, really. that, that's what I thought Io was, but yeah. she's never revealed that she was with working with the gods ever. She's just an ageless woman that knows how to fight. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a little disappointed um, that there was never a reveal that she was secretly like a god or like working yeah. with the gods. I agree. It, it is confusing because uh, I think what makes the first film strong, and we talked about it a little bit, but the fact that there were these like multiple gifts from the gods throughout the film that changed the dynamic. There's really only the sword in this film, and I guess Pegasus, of course. I don't know. It just it feels flat. Like Zeus isn't really helping him. Yeah, well, don't forget yeah. he gave him the coin. Uh, yeah. For the ferryman, mm-hmm. which is funny because he said, I don't want anything from the gods. Take this coin. Okay, dad. I was thinking the same thing. It's like, you got these two characters who are like, we're we're not getting along, you know? And and he's like, I don't want anything from the gods. Oh, but I'll take that coin. Yeah. It's like, wait, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> the motivations and reasoning become muddied. Yes. So it gets it gets confusing. I like the Zeus in this film more, mostly because he's Liam Neeson and he's shiny. Even though I do prefer the remake Zeus, it's still, something's off, you know? I can't quite put my finger on it. Okay, I like the remake Zeus just because, yeah, you're saying it is Liam Neeson, and he's sort of portrayed as a more 
uh, sympathetic Zeus um, that loves humanity. But I also like the original's take that he's this pretty petty, um, selfish, emotional being that's just like, I don't care, I'm going to do what I want. And he doesn't really play well with others necessarily. You know, this is the king of the gods. He's supposed to be powerful, all maybe all-knowing, but he's sort of childish. And I thought that was an interesting take, and I appreciated that in the original. That's a great point, man. He's such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually does make it more fun. He may not be the better character, but it's a... You're right, I think it's a more fun portrayal. Um, it gets us through the scenes in a, in a way that you can have a little bit of entertainment from yeah. it as opposed to being like, this is serious God stuff, which I think actually kind of hurts the remake because it's taking itself so seriously. Yeah. And it probably should. Yeah, the original just plays against your expectations of what Zeus should be, and I appreciate it for that. While the remake doesn't do it too much. If I had to pick, uh, this is tough. I'm, I'm going to cop out and just say it's kind of a tie. They both did really yeah. good good things with the, the Zeus portrayal. I don't know. Maybe maybe I am drawn a little bit more to the originals because it w- was just my expectations yeah. played with a little bit more. That makes, that makes sense. Now, this is, a, this is a wild card, <laughs> and I probably shouldn't bring this up, but why not? Would you say that uh, Io in the remake is taking up our, our booble spot? <laughs> They're both helpful. I don't know if she's... T- I thought she more took up the Andromeda spot. That's she fair. seemed to be more of the love interest for Perseus in the remake. But, like, more than just the love interest, you know, some type of guide, too. I, I would agree with that. That the Andromeda... I guess this is a nice way to talk about the Andromedas. In the original, I mean, she's really portrayed as just eye candy. She's not really there to do much. I guess she does go off with them, right? She does go on the journey with them, but she doesn't really do anything. She just travels with them, and then they leave her. Yeah. And then she goes back to be sacrificed. I think it was just to get a little more screen time with Perseus so you could feel the love uh, between these two characters. Yeah. But ultimately, she doesn't really do anything other than really just looking pretty. But she yeah. does even less, I feel, in the remake. Somehow, right? <laughs> like It's like they wrote her to be more capable and, like, kind of like a true like leader like she's she's more regal i guess in the remake but she's also barely there yeah. towards the end Percy's is like no no you should be queen you, you're in charge is she <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't know because we barely spend any time with her we spent yeah, more time with the townspeople mad about her than we did actually with her i feel you're 100 percent right like the kind of like religious fanatic dude gets more screen time than Andromeda, which yeah. I thought was a strange choice. Yeah, I don't know what she really does in the remake. I think she's just there to say that Andromeda's in the film. Yeah, just honestly, just to like be the catalyst of why the gods get mad. Other than that, yeah, she doesn't doesn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't, don't need like... that. That's why I feel like Io filled that role because you don't give Andromeda to do everything. Any, you don't get her to do anything. So you gave everything yeah. to Io. That's what I feel um, yeah, that she like, was. Andromeda. Yeah, but even in that scenario, why? You know? Yeah, it's weird because, like, in. Why is he there? <laughs> Who's there? Like, in the movie, like, at all. Like, why was that character. Which one? Written? Io. Sorry. Oh, Io, yeah. Yeah, I don't She's know. Doing it... things in the movie, and I, you know, I appreciate it, but, like, you have Andromeda. Like, right. They should have just made Andromeda a little bit of a stronger <laughs> character. Yeah. Yeah. That would have. That would have been good. It's weird, too, because Io is actually, like, the great-great-great-great-grandmother of Perseus in uh, mythology. But I guess it makes sense she's ageless, so maybe they go into that in the sequel? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
sequel. <laughs> they should have just kind of said, okay, we'll make Andromeda a stronger female character than she was in the original. That would, that's what you think they would have done in the remake, but instead they just said, let's bring on this other character instead. Maybe it was sort of their attempt to, you know, not limit Andromeda, I guess maybe historically for, for some reason, you know, um, because she, you know, in the original, she's just like the hot chick. That's all she's really there for. In this film, they write her as more authoritarian, like a person with agency and power, but then um, we just leave her, so we never really get to embrace that side of it. Mm. I think they could have easily written some bullshit plotline where she goes with them on the journey, and he realizes that, like, hey, this chick's pretty cool, you know? It, it It seemed arbitrary that she wasn't the main love interest. I guess the only trouble is because you have, like, this certain amount of days... So it's like, would the people really just let her leave? And like, if she doesn't come back, then the city's going to get destroyed. How do you get her back just in time for her to be sacrificed? Maybe they ran into that problem, but maybe they could have come up with something. to. I guess so. I mean, I, that's kind of where I fall. We're <laughs> like, I think Io is a decent enough character. I just, I just didn't see the need to make the split. You know, whatever. Maybe I'm, I'm splitting hairs at that point. But I get I, what you're saying, yeah, because Andromeda was pretty important. I mean, she didn't do much in the original, but, you know, she's a huge motive for our hero. Oh, yeah. So she was very important. To cut her role down just to, like, this almost a cameo in the uh, yeah. remake, it's, it was an interesting yeah. choice. Yeah, I don't know why they felt they had to introduce Io. I mean, I liked Io. I thought she was yeah, no, one thought, of the more interesting she... characters. That's definitely the most interesting um of Perseus and company, even more interesting than Perseus because he was boring for me. Yeah, I don't know. That one scene with Io where like she's trying to help him with the Medusa thing is uh was probably the most interesting sequence that you have with Perseus in another character because mm-hmm. there is some sort of chemistry there, some implied romance. It's even kind of weak at the end that Zeus is like, you shouldn't be by yourself. Here's that chick we just killed off like two scenes ago i know it's like she just, just died 10 minutes ago and like here she is again it's like that was a that was cheap come on man it sort of retroactively weakens the character because oh no i'm just like another one of zeus's like playthings. like oh she's not dead she's here same thing doesn't matter yeah, it's almost like well can you bring other people that were dead too zeus right. <laughs> i mean why only this person i don't get it that yeah. that that was weird but we'll talk yeah. about the ending more yeah. later <laughs> you know the character talk is, is really interesting but i think that another star of both films are the effects the effects are a huge huge element of uh, i would say especially the original uh they they've aged <laughs> in both <laughs> um differently but um it'd be nice to kind of look at like uh perseus's journey to for instance medusa and like sort of how we get there from an effect standpoint yeah, so in the original, like I said earlier, it was a Harryhausen effects, did all the stop motion for that. And it was actually the last Harryhausen film. This uh, The original is famous for that. And then the remake is just a, pretty much a typical CGI film. But it was originally released in 3D. I know that. And I know that 3D conversion was expensive and it wasn't necessarily good. I haven't seen it in 3D, but I heard it wasn't uh, particularly good. And the director himself says he didn't like the conversion. I'm sure he didn't. I, the scene where, like, uh, I guess we should get into it. Like, um, when one of the scorpions picks up a guy and, like, kind of, like, 
hoist him um, towards the front of the the screen and then like puts him down. I'm sure that was in <laughs> horrendous three. I I found the claymation slightly charming. At times it, it's not good. <laughs> I don't know if it was the shit at the time. Like I'm assuming it was. I read reviews from the time and it said it looked very dated. And like I said, I thought it was a, it came from the same time as Jason and the Argonauts around the 60s and I was shocked to find that this is an 80s movie. So it, yeah. it I think at the time it was still dated. Mm. Interesting. Some of the effects of like, you know, Pegasus being like captured and uh, some of these claymation fights, they they come off as very hokey, but there there's a certain charm to that that style that yeah. you, you don't quite get with CGI sometimes. I thought Especially. Medusa looked pretty good in the original. Yeah. No, I'll give you that, Dan. I thought the Medusa kicked ass in the original. Um, the green eyes and just like the way it was done. I agree with you. That was pretty cool. Sexy CGI Medusa in the new film <laughs> didn't quite do it for me. It wasn't just the effect. It was also the way it was lit, too. Like Medusa's lair was very dark and a very good use of lighting in the original. And then it was very bright in the remake. So I guess you could see all the action and just how sexy Medusa is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought she was scarier in the original, just because I think I think they kind of did the Jaws thing. Like we can't really show her too much because then she'll right. look silly. So we're gonna show her as little as possible and then let your imagination kind of take over. And you know that's it's a very practical and effective way of making her feeling threatening, and as opposed to the CGI Medusa, which is like okay, it's a CGI creature. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Now, it's a small difference, and I'm sure there are technical reasons for it, but um. The fact that like that Medusa sort of stays more uh, long range, like she's got the bow. Both Medusas do, but like she's primarily using that bow, and you can't get close to her, but you also can't look at her. It was a very cool effect. Um, it made her seem a lot more dangerous to me um, in the original. The other thing is what, again, such a head scratcher with this remake. The items are coming into play. The gifts of the gods. It's not just some random shield you have. It's your magic shield is the shield that you're using to like see Medusa in the original film. As an audience member, I'm like, huh? Hey, hey, there's that thing <laughs> that they introduced. He said that you would need it, and and here it is. Th- those types of callbacks are pretty important <laughs> in uh, movies. And I, I like that the scene incorporates these elements from earlier parts. They're all part of the quote-unquote hero's journey and it's important to have that there whereas um the remake were you also confused by the robot dude is that what he is a robot dude the the guy from the desert oh the gin the gin guy yeah yeah he was a little confusing i mean he was okay why was he not affected by medusa is it because he's a robot dude i thought it was something magic because he oh. had magic before, so I thought he was... And he already looked like he was in, made of stone, too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, there's, like, more of those guys. See, now I'm starting to think about that type of stuff. <laughs> and you looks shouldn't like, be. <laughs> maybe a bunch of those guys should have killed Medusa. <laughs> True. It's like, there's a bunch of them, and they're dangerous, and they, they're magical, and they could have stopped the Kraken, it seems. Like, why is demigod magic more better or practical than this other seemingly uh very strong desert magic because it's more sexy reggie that's why <laughs> damn it that was hollywood <laughs> <laughs> no my, i guess one of my issues with that medusa fight in the remake was he did the same thing he used the reflection in the shield 
But wasn't yeah. his shield made out of scorpion shell? Right. How right. did, <laughs> did he pick up a different shield? He might have. That's that's what I'm thinking. But, but I didn't. But I didn't want to rewind to find out. <laughs> yeah, me, me neither. But see, like that—that was kind of like my takeaway that he picked up another guy's shield. But that's shitty too, because why introduce the scorpion shield? Yeah, it doesn't do anything in the movie. They're like, oh, it's fucking strong and light. But he but never uses it. He never uses it once. That's right. That's a good point. Not once. <laughs> So it's like, why introduce the scorpion shield? Why bring those two hunters along? No reason. No reason at all. And uh, your synopsis says that um, most of the men are killed, which is very true in the uh, the original. But I think like every dude that hung out with him died yeah. in the uh, remake. I, th- I just said most of them because Io was still alive. Uh, she yeah, didn't, that, she didn't that's go. Fair. That's why I didn't say all of them were killed. But yeah, all the uh, men soldiers were killed in the yeah. uh, remake. I know we already talked about it, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but I, I cannot emphasize just how unheroic Perseus is in the remake, because everybody that dies doesn't have to. Whereas, like, in the original, you know, the collateral damage feels needed. You know, it's like, hey, these guys are on a journey with me to help me out. Like, I'm doing my best. They're doing their best. And unfortunately, some people died. Like, in this one, he's not doing his best. <laughs> he's not trying his hardest. <laughs> like, he, he he arbitrarily picks when he wants to be a, a god or not. And, and it's just, I don't know, man. Like, he, they have that kind of big speech before they go in. And he's like, you know, like, he's finally trying to be like a human being in the movie. <laughs> and they're, they're all talking about, like, fighting for each other and being friends and i knew a great man once uh he was my father well now i know three and, like, <laughs> and then like immediately those three guys die <laughs> like right after that speech it's pretty funny because yeah he doesn't use like that god sword that he got from zeus until io is killed so he waits till everybody's dead then okay maybe i should have used the sword <laughs> guys anybody <laughs> it's just it's just so frustrating you know, it's frustrating because... He has to prove that the man part can do it, Reggie. Don't you understand? You know, we got that, but then he, but then it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, no. He, he does have to fall back on the god powers. He comes flying in on a magic horse. He's got a magic sword. And, you know, he's got a, a head from a magic, you know, <laughs> god-infused thing. Also, the Medusa story in the remake is very graphic and very fucked up. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Had to throw that in there too. Um, I'm sure it's probably in line with the original myth. You can skip that um, <laughs> next time because it, it just again shows that these gods are, you know, which Sam Worthington is trying to, you know, get across throughout the film. But like these gods suck. Yeah, they're they're terrible people. I understand why m- men don't like them, but then by the end, he's gone full god mode. Like yep. he's like, I'm totally embracing my god powers, and it makes the first half if not two-thirds of the movie pointless because he's just been i'm pushing back and then i don't care anymore wow i didn't really uh, see it that way reggie but uh, now that you mention it yeah if he had just embraced those god powers really could have uh, saved like, probably all like, their lives yeah maybe like four dudes would have been there at the end. <laughs> totally goes like full god at the end even when he like fights hades he gets the lightning bolt from Zeus to strike his sword and chucks right. it at Hades. It's like, yeah, he went full God there. It's just funny because he's trying to prove that man can do it, but ultimately 
he he's not able to do it as a man. Or at least that's what I that's what no, I got. No, I definitely got that he was trying to prove that no, I don't want anything from the gods. I'm gonna do this as a man. But then he embraces the god part. Everybody died because he didn't do it sooner. But he didn't yeah. learn that lesson that way. I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow, make me see this in a new light. Yeah, you know, I mean, not to, not to completely shit on him, but also it it hurts the film that he's not embracing his powers because there's nothing cool about him. He's not doing anything cool. I, I don't care if he's swinging a non-magical sword because there's other guys sw- <laughs> swinging non-magical swords that seem to be better at it for the most part. You know, they're sending random men out to the woods to chase after him because he goes running off in a huff. And he's like, would you like one of the characters says, go get our savior, like go get him back because we need that dude. And he's just being such a stubborn asshole. These dudes going after him, get killed in the woods immediately. And it's just like all these bad things are happening to everyone around him. And then at the end, he's just like kind of paddling around with his dad, <laughs> throwing around the old uh, God ball. <laughs> Did you have a good adventure, son? Yeah, Dad. You know, maybe a couple of my friends didn't have to die, but whatever. I was back, huh? It was things like that where, like, the original film is a pretty... The story is is almost non-existent. You know, there's not really much a reason for things to be happening other than that they are, and that's what heroes do. But at least that's what heroes do. (laughs) So, like, I, I enjoyed that journey a lot more than this guy who, like, at a certain point, I'm getting tired of the adventure, too. It's like, hmm, I don't need this. I don't need that. It's like, yeah, I guess not, dude. Like, why am I watching this? You know? Yeah. I, I think I've got the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very bad now. <laughs> I agree with that. That's the trouble when you have, like, a brooding hero like that. It's like, they don't want to be in this journey, adventure. It's like, how do you make the audience want to go on and with them? It, it's it's a double-edged sword when you have a hero like that. Classic uh, so. Anakin Skywalker, dude. Yeah. Wow, I didn't Oops. really think about it as deep as you did when it comes to personal Sorry, bro. Interesting, interesting. I think you said enough. <laughs> I, I'm, I think I went too far. You got to tell me, dude. What did you think about Bobo? Bobo? Bobo. Bobo. Bobo, the uh, mechanical owl. Okay, so Athena has this bird, um, which is a live bird, but she doesn't want to give it up. But Zeus is like, my son, my word, whatever, you do it. And so she goes to another god to get a mechanical bird made. And he he's mostly comic relief. Um, he's, oh, been, yeah. he's been compared a lot to R2-D2. I read somewhere that he, they sort of made him in order to sort of cash in on that Star Wars, you know, yeah. mechanical sidekick for a comedic effect. But he does, he does fuck shit up. <laughs> he uh, he reminded me of like beat beat from Mega Man. Like he just this invincible bird just killing everybody and it's bad. Yeah. It was, I wasn't expecting him to like burn that whole area down. I was like, whoa, don't mess with yeah. the bird. <laughs> I thought I it was pretty cool. When you look at the body count, I think he actually does more heroing than um, Perseus. <laughs> It was all said and done. He killed everybody in Calibus's camp, and and he did it with such brevity. <laughs> he was efficient. Yeah. I think I don't know if he killed the giant vulture. Probably did. Uh, burned up right. in that fire, but he he was really the hero at the end because he was able to destroy Calibus's camp and free the Pegasus in order yep. to uh, get Perseus back to the city. Yeah. Uh, so he was funny, but he was also effective as hell. 
Perseus is just slumped in uh, the the stadium of uh, Jopa or Jopa or whatever, and he's like, "Dude, I I'm beat. This, that Medusa fight took a lot out of me. Hey, hey, Bubo, go just go uh <laughs> go do everything <laughs> while I take a, a nap." I, the chirps and the clicks, goofy. The the um rationale because they I guess the director or the artist tried to say that technically Bubo was made before R two D two, which is horseshit. We all know that that was a stolen <laughs> um concept. Man, was he kicking ass, dude! Like it was a fun scene. I you didn't expect it. You just think, oh, he's just gonna go get Pegasus. That's all he's gonna do. Yeah. Nope, <laughs> not nope. at all. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was good. He was enjoyable, and it, you know, you see the cameo of him in the remake. Just a quick little. What is this? Oh, I don't want it. Apparently, Sam Worthington didn't want that bird at all in the movie. He was just like, "This is embarrassing. This is gonna ruin my movie career if we have him." That's what I read on IMDb. Yeah. So I don't know. But... Yeah, it felt like the um, the remake did all of its sort of like real homages in like the opening credits. Yeah, it you ended know? with the uh, kind of the. It opened with the ending of the the original right the constellations and everything yeah which um, so I, th- I thought it was a nice touch uh, just other than the fact that they never actually really address the original movie at any point after that um it just kind of does its own thing i guess the remake was just trying to do for more of a serious take if they had a yeah. mechanical bird in there it might make it more silly than it uh unintentionally was at moments um so i could see uh not wanting to have the bird there but i I still think there there could have there could have been a nice way to like just like this is stupid why do i want this mechanical bird and then like immediately you have that scene in the remake where like he just wrecks everybody with that with everybody's just like wow why didn't we use the bird earlier that would have been really a funny beat it would have been a cool beat but um they decided to go more gritty and real, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you could definitely just have like, I don't know, like the bird doing Intel, for, like IO or something like that. Like, there's a there's a way to incorporate it. It's a ridiculous character. I, I understand that the bird's ability to just destroy camps of uh, villains was cool. And I, I personally, I find the scene where like Zeus is like, hey, just give him your bird. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my watch. I've never given up my bird. Like I love that scene more than life itself. <laughs> it's just such a a funny and probably unintentionally, but it's just such a funny way to like handle that situation. That's like not my bird, and then they just make this like R two D two rip off. Like uh, who is a huge part of the movie? Kind of like an R two D two. Just going back to that zoo scene. It's like, hmm, how can I help my son? You give up something important you love. Okay, problem solved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does just like walk away. He's like, all right. She's he like, doesn't even check that the bird's there. Like, Zeus has no idea that it's a mechanical bird the whole time. Hey, you know what, though? Good on her. Because yeah, uh, yeah. that, that thing worked. Well, there, it's, it's, I think that's another good example of, like we said before, Thetis kind of got one over on Zeus before by turning into a shark. Well, here's Athena getting one over on Zeus by going, no, I'm not right. going to listen to you. So <clears throat> while the gods... Um, sort of follow Zeus, they don't follow him down to a T. There is some defiance there, but not enough defiance where they're like, we need to overthrow this guy. They're just yeah. like, yeah, he's he's not thinking right. I'm, I'm going to do it my own way. So I, I like that, um, the interaction with the gods. And they're just like, they're not doing exactly what Zeus wants him to do. 
I think that's a, a great point because uh, it makes it makes that that dynamic so much more interesting. You know, like you feel like the other guys have a real place in this um in this universe. There's a bit of it in in the remake, but like everyone's arbitrarily getting weaker as they go. So like the gods aren't really the gods anymore, and the only god that seems to be getting stronger is Hades. The whole dynamic's thrown off. Whereas, like, I like that they're kind of, like, piling around telling stories of turning into things and, you know, affecting humans in, in different ways. There's a fun factor that certainly at times in the movie goes over the top. Like, it gets a little goofy a lot of time. It just feels more cohesive. You know, it is goofy, but it's fun, you know. I like it because, you know, you think of the gods, you think of almost these perfect beings, right, that are organized and, like, know everything and they have their shit together. But in the original, they're, they're sort of like, no, we're, we're we're just as kind of dumb as humans sometimes, and we're still trying to figure things out ourselves, and we don't yeah. we don't have ultimate plans. We're kind of just winging it sometimes. I thought that was an interesting take because you think gods, you think, oh, they got their shit together. No, not them. They're just they're, yeah. they quarrel a lot, which is important because yeah, well, yeah. they should be that's quarreling. And I, that's one thing I missed from the remake because they don't really interact. They have one scene in the beginning where there's a bunch of them. I'm like, oh, this is cool. But then you never mm-hmm. see them all together again. It's just mm-hmm. Zeus or sometimes Zeus and Hades. But you never see the gods interact after that. There were definitely opportunities to maybe have Zeus, because they are kind of in a weakened state, having maybe a few of them try to help them throughout. But because they introduced this element that he doesn't want the gods' help, like there's no real place for them mm. uh, in the film. Um, you, you also miss like an element like when Zeus secretly helps them. Perseus at the end of the original, where he's like, he's super tired right now and he's got a bird fighting for him, but like I'm just gonna give him a little bit of a little bit of a push so he can, you know, finish the job. Like that that type of stuff is um it's cool. Like you're seeing th- these dynamics. Just the film's insistence in the remake to pit him against the gods so much, it, it just takes a lot of weight away from the experience. Because I, I feel like, again, as the audience, we're not seeing Perseus is like full power, you know, like, so I I feel like we're kind of getting robbed of the experience of seeing a kick ass like adventure movie because the adventurer doesn't want to be on the journey. Going back to that moment you said where Zeus uh, helped Perseus uh, without telling the other gods, I thought that was an interesting choice because the whole time he's sort of been telling the gods what to do and it's Mm -hmm. like whatever it's his way or the highway, whatever he says goes. But he kind of sneaks around behind their backs, uh, which I was just sort of telling Zeus. It's like, well, he doesn't want to be like a dick all the time, right? He doesn't want them to think that right. you're just always his way. It's like, yeah, I'm playing by your rules. So it's like he's putting, he shows him putting this front up to the other gods that he respects them when he sort of just goes behind their backs and does his own thing right. anyway, which that's just interesting for his character. With like the Liam Neeson version, I don't, I don't know. He just doesn't get the same chances to do. That type of stuff. I guess he's cunning in the scenario where he makes Hades um, king of the underworld, which is was basically a trick. But other than that, like he doesn't really seem that much more capable than anybody else. And I would say actually Hades more or less has the upper hand on him throughout the most interactions. He just happens to be a demigod son that he created years ago that is there to clean up his mess. I think because there's so many elements that we, like we just there's so many things to talk about in the movies, 
I guess we should really talk about the big money scene when they released the Kraken. What's your take on the original Kraken versus the remake Kraken? Okay. So the original Kraken, uh, we actually see him twice. We see him in the beginning of the movie, destroy Argos, and then he's going to destroy the other city at the end. He kind of just looks like a, a swamp man kind of a creature. Or creature. Got that yeah, yeah. Some, like one of those old uh, 50s sci-fi horror creatures that doesn't really look convincing. It just looks like a dude in like a suit, honestly. It doesn't look that good, which is interesting because yeah. you think they would have gone a little more. I don't know, just because they. I think it was sort of claymation too, because they had multiple arms, right? So I don't. Yeah, think, I, so. I don't think it was a dude in a suit, but it just. It just looked like a dude um, as like a sea creature, as opposed to the remakes Kraken, which was like this huge kind of blob with a lot of tentacles and a giant head. Um, which was okay too. I guess it would be it was more imposing the uh, multi tentacled monster of the remake. Sure. Uh, and it was interesting because he's not supposed to destroy the city if he gets the sacrifice of Andromeda, but that didn't matter to the remake because <laughs> he just starts mess- he just starts destroying things before he's even like up to andromeda he's like yeah i'm gonna take out that part of the city and that part and he just kept destroying yeah. and i was confused i was like he's already destroying the city what's the point of sacrificing here if the city's gonna get destroyed anyway so i was a little yeah. confused by his actions but when design i would just say he, the remake one was a little more imposing yeah I would, I would say so the scope of it is um is pretty impressive they do a they do a pretty good job of that and then the kraken bring along like winged creatures that like you know are scaring people throughout the city i think the scene is much much more dynamic and um shot in an interesting way because of how big the kraken is and really what they can do with the effects um <clears throat> original one yeah you're right it feels like an ultraman episode or something <laughs> and he just he doesn't really attack the city you see him attack in the beginning but he doesn't really attack it it just sort of floods the city and it's not really yeah. anything he's doing it's it's just all the water that's sort of coming up with him i don't yeah. really recall him actually attacking the city like with his many limbs or like throwing a fireball or whatever the kraken does right um by the way the kraken not a greek creature it's a that's a norse creature and the original mm. story was not a kraken it was some giant whale i forgot the name of it but it's not greek that's interesting. And anyway uh yeah he just stands up and floods the city and then he has to be uh sort of <laughs> un uh released he has to be released by poseidon and can we just talk about poseidon's Ooh. face yeah, we'll <laughs> when, when the kraken is released uh i would akin it to um when you're driving next and then you see a senior citizen driving and they just have their mouth wide open and they don't look like they have any confidence that's kind of what yeah. poseidon looked like when he unleashed the kraken just his mouth wide open like scared like there's a kraken i don't know what to do uh, it's yeah. i don't know why they made him do that <laughs> it's like just I don't know. it was so bad yeah. it looked terrible <laughs> Even the effect of him being underwater was, was so shitty. It was. Um, and then that crank he had to turn, it took me a while to realize, oh, that's supposed to be him turning a crank. I didn't know what I was looking at the yeah. first few times. That and um, the, the theater scene where like the 
she gets pissed and like the head comes off the statue and she's talking through the the statue. It, it looked very bad, very bad. I, I found it to be slightly charming, but I, mostly because of just how over the top shitty it, it looked. <laughs> um, what do you do? You got the you got the CGI guys. You got the claymation guys. I think there's some elements where claymation won the day, and then there were other elements where CGI was, um, you know, appropriately like the Kraken. I would say I'm giving the nod to the Kraken in the um, the remake, but I'm giving the nod to Medusa in the original. The Pegasus. Uh, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> That's almost a push for me. <laughs> I see- uh, obviously, looks better, but um, the little claymation dudes trying to like capture the horse—that was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. If you want like a serious movie where you're not taken out of it all the time, then watch the remake. If you want like <laughs> a good time with some good laughs which aren't necessarily supposed to happen then definitely watch the original because there's some moments that'll just make you go wow it's not good like you know the effect uh, that really uh that should set you up for how bad the effects are going to be in the original is just the opening credits they have that bird that's sort of flying through the sky i think it's one of the gods but it's so the way it's rendered i guess it was like just some bad green screen effect like you don't see the whole bird like its wings are clipped out <laughs> because it's the effect is just the technology is just not there or something yeah. and you can barely see it and you can barely tell it's a bird sometimes and it it doesn't look good at all but that well, should like, prepare you for the rest of the movie yeah it should because like you're looking at some of the green screen it's just like some of those backgrounds are just so bad like it looks at times very very terrible but you know um there's enough there um that you know it's it's worth it's worth the ride you know it's worth the ride if you can you know ignore some of that stuff but yeah i found myself throughout the film just saying wow a bunch to just how shitty some of the effects were but every once in a while like uh like you mentioned medusa i was like no this this part's actually really really freaking cool i'm glad that they did it yeah that part had me like finally like at the edge of my seat when i was watching the yeah. original i was just like oh man this this doesn't look like the rest of the movie. This looks good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we're talking about the effects, too, maybe we should talk about the action. Yeah, we can talk about a little that. bit Because that's primarily what the remake is, right? It's an action movie, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's, like, fights all the time in the remake that weren't really that drawn out in the original. Like, uh, just thinking of the Stygian witches... There's just like yeah. this whole fight with them that didn't really exist in the original. I was like, wow, they're making a fight here. And then there was another fight um, when that Jin guy is trying to heal uh, Perseus. All of a sudden, like they just break out a fight there for not really any reason in particular. I guess you're supposed to be th- thinking that he's going to hurt Perseus, but you know he's not going to hurt Perseus. You right. know he's you know he's trying to help him, and the, they're, they're just long drawn out fight. If I had to pick, obviously the choreography is better than the remake. There's, there's no denying that. I guess the only problem is, do you care? <laughs> How much do you care about these characters and which movie, you know? You know, I I think it's uh, Mads uh, Mickelson. I'm not really sure how to say his name. Um, he's going to be in a Kojima game soon. I yeah. know, like Death yeah, Stranding. Yeah. But he, he's, um, I'm pretty sure what he's like the lead kind of like general dude throughout the film, he's um, he's great, by the way. Like, he's one of the few reasons why you should be watching the movie <laughs> at most points th- throughout it. 
he does a really good job of making you care um, about certain action sequences that really aren't that interesting. He's able to put some weight behind it and, you know, talk about honor and stuff like that in a way that, like, the lead character does not make me interested in the fights. And he does a lot of things poorly throughout. Like, oh, there's some scorpions. We're just going to run towards them. And, like, he does a lot, he makes a lot of mistakes that other people um, pay for, which, uh, you know, is a, a complaint that I made earlier. Yeah, mo- most of it is pretty pointless in most of the characters I don't care about. I did like the general, so when he was in danger at any point in a fight, I sort of cared about that, and I think he had a... They gave him a decent send-off in the Medusa fight. I don't know, man. Like, it's not really a, a lot to care about, even though the action was better. One problem I have with the remake is that it's so action-heavy, it's it's kind of... It's kind of rote, uh, the way it's by the numbers. It's not really anything you hadn't seen before because it's 2010 you've seen plenty of cgi battles you know it's not the actors really doing it you know it's just some cgi rendering of them i guess it's hard to really get into it uh for me definitely uh when it comes down to cgi battles i'm just i kind of zone out unless there's a lot of weight into it or like i care about the characters a lot if i don't have that i'm gonna and, and there's nothing that interesting i'm just gonna check out so while the action is technically better in the remake. It doesn't mean it was more interesting for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, another problem that I had was the passage of time. Like, it just, I, it was hard to say. Like, there'd be scenes where, like, it'll take us two days' time to get here or, or there. And, like, I, I didn't know. Like, I personally checked out of when they needed to be back. I think it was like a seven day thing. And I had no idea how long they'd been gone or when they started and when it ended like it just like the eclipse was the signal that it was time to come back which maybe i missed that like i didn't realize that we were supposed to care about that (laughs) i don't think they mentioned that i and i don't think that it matters like how many days either it could have been a hundred it could have been a thousand days i don't think the number of days matters i just i think you just needed to know that it was sort of time sensitive at that point yeah yeah so like it, because it was time sensitive, and I I think they had a, a shorter timeline from what I remember. Yeah, it was it, ten days in the remake as opposed to thirty in the original. Yeah, it, it may it makes parts of the journey feel like hey, do you have time to go somewhere for <laughs> two days? Like it's a two day journey somewhere. Like when you think about going there and coming back, that's like most of the time you have. It's not something that I generally think about during movies, but for some reason the way that they were going from action scene to action scene, I couldn't tell how much time was passing. So it made me actually check out of like the fact that there was a time constraint. I felt that in the original, yeah, the the action is is wonky and um, there's not a ton of character development. Um, There's no, there's no character development for anybody except for Perseus, I guess Andromeda, we Ammon, uh, the writer, Burgess Meredith, we didn't even talk about his character. And then there's one guard, Thallo, sort of talks a lot. But, <laughs> but I, I, there's more... I like What's that? I like Thallo. Yeah, yeah, Thallo was cool. I was upset when he got killed. So I'll give it to the remake that they at least let you know the soldiers a little bit more. They didn't really go into great details of who they were or really let their characters develop, but at least you kind of recognize them. And 
I guess because, you know, it's 2010, I recognized most of the actors. So I was sure. able to like, oh, yeah, it's, that's Beast from the X-Men. Oh, yeah, that guy's in Game of Thrones. Yeah. So um, there's a little more character development for the company and the remake. Even with that character development, like, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely, it wasn't enough to make me... Uh, invested in the action sequences like oh i hope that character doesn't die because they are they were all expendable you know no yeah. you didn't really care you know perseus was going to make it through it but if these guys died it wasn't i didn't feel anything because we didn't spend that much time with these characters we spent enough where i was able to distinguish them from one another but i didn't right. not enough to make me care about them actually i think it's a double-edged sword for that film because there is character development happening and you know it's clear that they they want us to invest at least somewhat in some of these characters but um you know the general that one the one line in the movie where he says like your pride uh is getting my men killed it actually was like yeah dude like that's what's happening and it it immediately like turned me off to the Percy's character who never really got interesting for me in that film unfortunately it just made all their deaths make me like the main character less because of how arbitrary they were while still trying to um, build them out as, like, important somewhat. Whereas, like, in the original, you know they're not important. But I actually cared a little bit more when people were dying because um, it sort of brought back the danger to Perseus, who at this point you actually kind of care about. So, like, by killing other characters, even though you haven't introduced them, it shows you how dangerous Perseus' situation is. And because you do care about this version of him, um, there's more weight to those deaths. Um, not really for the character dying, but for the main character. Yeah. I think it was lost a little bit in the reading. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I get exactly what you're saying. I think you said it well, sir. Thanks, man. We're talking about one thing. Uh, we got nudity in the original and not in the remake. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because what do you think the original's rated? Um let's see. It's hard to say. Like um there's I guess well if there's nudity then I'd have to assume that um that it would at least have been some sort of PG thirteen rating or something like that. I don't even think PG thirteen was uh, available at that time. Wow, so Yeah. But it was rated PG. Oh, parental guidance. Yeah, yeah. So we have uh a little bit of nudity there, and then the remake was PG-13. and Just, I guess, for the violence. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, that, is, that is interesting. I guess a lot of films didn't have like those different definitions of what was for kids and what wasn't at, at the time. So that's, that's, a, that's an interesting element. Yeah, I just um, thought it was interesting that the movie was rated PG and then there was nudity and there was like, whoa. I, expect, yeah. I expected it to be at least 13, but I, I guess I didn't realize they didn't make the PG-13 until later. And uh, what they can get away with in PG back in the day, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, that remake probably could have used some of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drum up some interest. Maybe uh, people were expecting Okay, I do have one problem with the original that I think cool. the remake actually did a little bit better. Uh, there's a lot of exposition through dialogue in the original. There's uh, a couple scenes I could think of. There's the one scene among the gods when they're talking about uh, 
sort of about Calibus and his whole story. They're just explaining it or explaining Perseus and his origins among each other. And there, it's just a lot of talking about stuff. But right. I think the worst offender is uh, when Perseus arrives at the city and then a random guard, uh, which I think, I believe is Thalo, sees, hey, you're a stranger, which is like, wow, how do you know he's a stranger? There's like hundreds of people here. I don't know how you know everybody. But then yeah. he explains to him, to this stranger, in extreme detail, the circumstances of men who are trying to marry Andromeda and like the riddles and what happened to her ex-fiance. It's like, this guy just unloads on this stranger that he just yeah. met. I couldn't believe it. I was like, He's giving a lot of information. I just felt like I was watching like Wayne's World. Like, wow, that was an awful lot of information. I hope it comes into play later. <laughs> it was uh, it's pretty laughable um, how they did that. And they didn't do that too much in the remake. I think they sort of did it when they were explaining uh, how Zeus was Perseus's father, but they at least yeah. showed it. So it wasn't that bad. But right. the re- um, sorry, the original was just a lot of exposition and dialogue and I was glad to see that, that the remake didn't follow when it came to that. Yeah, the remake had a lot of the exposition up front. Um, they did the opening screen crawl with an explanation. And it had a lot of nice callbacks to the first film. And after that, the movie just kind of gets to do its own thing. You know, there's some dialogue intense scenes, um, just kind of the way it's written. But it's not, here's what's happening right now, kind of like what you described. <laughs> Um, just in case you're not caught up everybody watching <laughs> it, it honestly yeah. felt like that like they were just <laughs> taking you out of the movie for a minute and like i hope you're caught up because here's what's happening <laughs> yeah it's just a little you know and it's weird too because it again this was made in 1981 they knew how to do that without having to explain it to you like that also that riddle was way too long <laughs> <laughs> i tried to solve it i was like okay a ring two rings what <laughs> i'm lost <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one to me, because I was in the same boat. I was like, all right, here comes a cool movie riddle. And then it's just this long diatribe. And I'm just like, I don't care what the the answer is. But again, that that scene was another good example of uh, this kind of like strong-jawed Perseus that we get in the first film, which was like, I know the thing, and he throws the hand down. And he's like, "I'm, I'm the best." I could, I could use some of that from Sam. I could use some of that from uh, Mr. Worthington. He just doesn't want to be the hero of his own film, and I, I'll take a lunkhead that goes around <laughs> chopping people's arms off and, you know, dubiously solving riddles. Like I'll take that all day. Okay, and this is really kind of backtracking, but just to rip on Sam Worthington a little bit more. Let's uh, do it. They sort of they sort of show him like as a little boy. What'd you say? Maybe eight years old, ten tops. Some, something like that, yeah. And then they show it like. 12 years later, and then it's Sam Worthington. Clearly not 12 years later for him. Definitely like in his 30s or something. <laughs> it was just like, we couldn't just mess with that number a little bit more to make it a little more believable. Yeah. I just thought that was, for me, that was a funny moment. Like, this is not, this is not 12 years later. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Like, <laughs> like that passage of time is ridiculous. Yeah. God, it just, whew, it's so hard to get behind that Perseus. Um, <laughs> like I said, yelling up at the gods... I think they want us to laugh where they keep calling him a fisherman, but it, it falls a little flat for me. Um, you know, like uh, I laughed at one moment in the remake um, mm-hmm. when they're about to fight Medusa, and the one guy has his he gets his arrow on the quiver, and then he's about to shoot, and then he sees right next to him is a 
a frozen guy in stone with also doing the same pose as him and he goes oh that's encouraging <laughs> i was laughing at that one beat that's pretty funny <laughs> one that like totally um totally missed for me because it just was so out of like nowhere and kind of out of character was along the same lines sam's giving the motivational speech and he's like oh don't look the bitch in the eyes and it's just like this, that didn't make a lot of sense <laughs> like, he's like, cool I, don't you get it Cool, Perseus. That's strange, you know. Um, I I get the whole um, adoptive parents angle for him, and like that's a big motivator. I don't personally like it. They spend so much time talking about what his dad did as a profession and the fishing thing, and it's not like it really comes back, other than another throwaway scene where he brings back fish for like the camp. It's just like. At some point, we got to, like, move on from this and get to, like, heroing. I think that the little elements like that, unnecessary callbacks, hurt the remake. I think um, they should. I think they showed that family to sort of make you care about them. Well, so when they die, that you feel the same way that Perseus does. The problem is you don't re- Like, you said you spend some time with them. That's unnecessary. You do, but, like, you don't really get to... You don't get that they're like important in his life. Like, yeah. You don't get that feeling um, when you are spending time with them. Because he, again, going back to when he was like 12, he has that weird scene um, when he's like with his dad and he's like, you know, I, I'm going to have a new uh, sibling now. And he's acting really weird. Yeah. And it was kind of creepy. And it seems like he sort of hated his life, um, is the impression I got uh, yeah. at a young age. So I sort of. When they jumped 12 years later, I just assumed they still kind of hated his life. So sure. I didn't, that sort of distanced the importance of his family to him. So when they died, I didn't really feel the impact that I guess I was supposed to feel. I wasn't shouting at the heavens like uh, our Perseus was. And right. uh, I think if they had developed them a little bit more and shown like how important they were to him, and maybe yeah, I... even shown him some skills that he could have used, like you right. said, in the actual uh, journey, then it would have made it a lot more impactful. But since we only, yeah, we're only spending some time with them seeing them fish and it's not really, I don't get the love. I don't, I don't feel the love, man. I got to feel yeah, the man. love. If you want to make me feel <laughs> something when they die, you know, you know, like it's a trope, but like there, there should be the scene where the father's showing them how to hold a sword or something like that, you know, or showing them a cool move like that comes back later, making them a fisherman. And then like the movie's not about fishing. So, doesn't really matter in the original story he was uh founded by a fisherman which is maybe why they did it i'm not saying that justifies it because they did take liberties elsewhere which they probably should have um with the fisherman maybe he was that's what i was thinking too he should have been raised by maybe a knight that might have uh been a little cooler but uh yeah just just because the in the original mythology he was raised by fishermen i think is why i could i could even see something um yeah like a former fighter who like for some reason, like, uh, maybe, like, again, now I'm just writing. <laughs> now we're just writing a better movie. Okay, go yeah. on. <laughs> I don't know, like, maybe he gets in a relationship, but, like, knights aren't supposed to, and he's banished, and now he's a fisherman, but he has, like, a pass as a fighter, you know, maybe something like that. Or if you're going to go the route where he's a fisherman, we got to spend more time with him to, to feel like we care as an audience, because you're right. I don't know how he feels about him, um, based on like you were saying that scene where it seems like he doesn't really like the guy that much either 
it, it's funny because like the random poet in the original film who like I don't even feel like really has that much of a connection to Perseus, but like I would care more if that guy died than like the dad um, figure in the remake. Yeah, I so. I wholeheartedly agree with you because he did help Perseus a lot. Um, I guess yeah. we never saw the original or the adopted father just helping out Perseus or just be important. Like the Amnon character in the original, yeah, he was very important because Perseus was just this stranger in a strange land and he needed help. And this this old man, Burgess Meredith, was just kind enough to help him. So yeah, um, yeah I would care if he died. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm getting upset just thinking about it now. <laughs> I know. I don't know. You know, I think I think we, we we broke it down pretty well. Like, I feel like for a movie that is more character driven, uh, remake sort of failed to make us care about the characters. I don't know. Like, I, I think that what the original does well is it it really like leans into the hero's journey trope, whereas the remake is doing the same thing but like sort of like kicking and screaming all the way through it like it seems like nobody wants to be the hero of this hero movie and it, it kind of throws things off for me yeah I, I fully understand that can I, can I also say that like um, I know I said this before but I'm going to reiterate it I for some reason thought that this was the movie The Immortals <laughs> Which um, isn't a good movie either, but like I like it more because there's all like lightning and action and superpowers, and like I was just bummed that there wasn't. <laughs> all right, so we said a lot about these movies. There's a lot of things that are different. A lot of things worked. Some things didn't work. Reggie, should this remake exist? In my opinion, the way it was filmed, no. And honestly, unfortunately, I think a lot of it falls on the shoulders of uh, our lead actor, Sam Worthington. He just never convinced me and didn't allow me to get into the film the way I think I may have with another actor in his place. And apparently they did this twice because they did Wrath of the Titans after this as well. So somebody liked it, but I, I personally didn't. I didn't think that the remake had to be made in this way, mostly because there's like a hundred movies just like this. So when I was watching the original, I was trying to, I was asking myself the question, what does the remake really need to do um, to fix this? Because I'm not really a big fan of the original. I definitely had issues with it. My main issue, though, was Perseus. I just thought, like I said before, he's a little pompous, bit of an ass. And so I thought, you got to make me care a little bit more about him in order for me to, in order to justify this remake. Because I know that it's going to look better. It's going to have better action and everything. But can you make me care more? That was my important. Uh, that's what I was looking for. And ultimately, the answer is no. They didn't make me care. They gave us uh, a potential backstory about his family who died in front of him, which should have made me feel something. But like I said before, they just they didn't show me any love. They didn't show me any connection that he really had to that family. So I didn't really care there. And then his motivation got changed from something noble like love as weak as it was shown in the original um it was still a motivation i could follow to revenge which isn't a very hero which isn't a very heroic trait so <laughs> so i'm following this guy just on this revenge quest and i'm just kind of zoning out 
because we are doing CG fights, and like I said, if there's no weight to it, if I don't care about the characters, then I'm not really going to pay attention. So even though it kind of looks better and the action's better, it still falls, like, as it still just comes across as bland, and they didn't really do anything new. And what they did try just made me care about the characters less. This revenge motivation that Perseus has, it kind of makes the ending unnecessary. He doesn't need to go back to that city to save the people from the Kraken. He has no ties to that city. He doesn't have any ties to Andromeda. There's no reason that he really needs to save them, except that's what the original did. So for me, that's going to be a no. They didn't need to make it. Not like this. I didn't like... Hades, I didn't like the action, and I didn't like Sam Worthington as Perseus. No, it's all, totally agreed. And I mean, the, kind of the sad thing about all that, too, is that because Clash of Titans is, you know, at this point, a classic film, um, and like you said, it has its problems, and, and by no means is it a perfect film. It's just a little jarring that this remake. Um, missed the mark so much when there were so many movies like this coming out at that time that uh, I think handled that subject matter in a more interesting, fun way. Like you have movies like Troy, you have movies like 300 uh, or the Immortals, which I, for some reason I thought we were watching. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think I know what you want to watch later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, there's, you could just watch one of those, like, and pretend it's Clash of Titans, because you might as well. Um, what's the difference at this point? Because this film barely uh, plays back into the plot of the first film anyway. So just go watch a more interesting Sword and Sandals epic. There's, there's plenty. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the genre, like you said, had been sort of re-explored in the 2000s. And when not only are you competing with the original you're competing with them and you don't have you don't bring anything new to the table it's you really make your film unnecessary i mean it truly does make it feel like a kind of a cash-in yeah, yeah. you are know? like oh uh, these films are doing well now we've got this source material cha-ching boys let's uh let's film one and it just it missed a mark pretty pretty bad well <laughs> that's <laughs> it we did another one yeah that's one more in the books Oh, I wanted to say this before, too. Do you know uh, the goddess uh, Thetis? Do you know who her son really is in ancient Greek mythology? Um, no, actually. Achilles. Really? Yeah. So that could have been cool, <laughs> seeing Achilles <laughs> here. Yeah, that, that's like, that's how I felt about like the film. It's like, oh, it would have been cool if they did something else. <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't watching this, it would have been cool. No, it was it was pretty, by, like I said, it was wrote by the numbers, didn't really do anything new. It Just because you put a nice polish on the original and changed a couple things here doesn't mean it was necessary. You know, they, they, can't, they can't all be winners, Dan, and uh, this, this one certainly wasn't. No, um, it was not. What do we what, want to do gonna, next? Yeah, what are we going to cleanse our palate with? Uh... Okay. <laughs> well, we went, I had an idea. We did this kind of mythical mystical movie here and i was thinking maybe we could do a, a science movie kind of go in the opposite direction nice i was thinking maybe solaris i actually like that solaris uh 
idea. Yeah, we go sci-fi, a little different. Given sort of uh, some of the films that we, we've gone through, I think going the sci-fi route is good because we haven't really done that. Um, I mean, Total Recall falls in that category, but there's a lot of action to it. No, I think it would be interesting to sort of get away from these uh, sort of films about the past and maybe think about something more uh, more sci-fi. I think that's a good idea. Cool. Solaris it is. Nice. All right. All right, well, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, feel free to give us any feedback. Um, I'm Dan Bulick. You can find me on Twitter at Console Wars Guys or... Just look up my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash console wars, and, you know, say what's up or give us, give us some feedback. I'm Reggie Parker. You can find me at RP Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, or uh, check out my website, rpcomedy.com. And thanks for listening to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. Retro.